There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. This is the podcast where I talk to celebrities about their mental health and to inspire you to open up the conversation to find out how you are really feeling. Just because you say you're okay, it doesn't mean you necessarily are. And I've got such a good guest for you this week who has opened up that conversation about mental health for the past couple of years and is here to inspire you. My guest this week, you'll remember her from 10 years ago appearing on Made in Chelsea. At the same time that she was one of the first celebrities I ever interviewed. I did it on my student radio, Scratch Radio in Birmingham. Since then, I've grown up, she's grown up, she's become a mum. She's making a difference to the world, and I'm just still plodding along. Well, I'm delighted to say, joining me on Security and Security this week, all thanks to Maltesers, it is the beautiful Ashley James. Hello, Ashley. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Well, I haven't seen you since just pre-COVID. I think the last time I saw you was literally a year ago today. Yeah, I think I was doing um, a show with Eamon Holmes. Sometime just, around how there. weird is that? How weird is that, that it's literally been a whole year? How, how have you found the past year? Obviously, you've become a mum in the past year, which is a massive congratulation. We'll talk about that in a second. But how have you found that past year personally? Do you know what? It's definitely been a whirlwind. And I'm so happy to be doing this podcast to talk about mental health because, you know, I feel like everybody has had a huge change with lockdown. So then obviously add the emotions that come with pregnancy and then um, being a new mum all in the space of a year, it, it is a lot to... A lot to take so there's been some amazing highs and you know I think I'll, I'll look back at parts of lockdown and it's definitely um, caused me to like reprioritize what's important and um, it's made me appreciate time with friends being able to hug you know like all those small things I feel like it's definitely made me appreciate but for sure it's um, it's been a struggle shall we say in parks for mental health it's really interesting because you're right, there are so many areas, there's the mental health of yourself, first of all, but then also there's other ideas such as communication, the way we speak to other people, the way we see other people, the way we have friends and 
somehow have lost some friends. Have you noticed a difference in your friendship group, for example, because of lockdown? Um, yeah, well, I think because I had such a big like social circle, you know, as a DJ, I was always out and about and bumping into the same type of people. I think I've always had my close friends close um, and they haven't changed. Um, although just before lockdown, I did actually kind of reshuffle my friendship group a little bit for, uh, you know, I think it's easy when you're friends with people um, to think just because you've been friends a long time, you have to stay friends with that person. But, you know, we all grow up and sometimes we grow apart. So, um, yeah, there's, I think there was a bit of a reshuffle and I definitely obviously don't, I don't speak to the more like social circle friends as much. Um, but I think, you know, bringing it back to motherhood where I've really missed out with um, with lockdown is that I don't really have any new friends who are going through pregnancy and motherhood at the same time as me. And I think that's a struggle because, um, you know, I've got friends with children and before I had one, I couldn't, I didn't really get involved in that conversation really because I didn't know. And so I'm very conscious that I don't want to all my old friends with all the day-to-day -day stuff that I'm that's going on or that I'm struggling with whereas you know in pre-covid times I'd be or po hopefully post-covid times which are just around the corner I'll be meeting uh, mums organically and you know being able to hopefully share that journey with more people. So has that shifted almost what you see as your purpose not in life but your purpose about who you really are because obviously pre-covid pre-being a mum it was all about being a dj being social going around the circuits going on tv to talk about the latest news or doing a reality show like made in chelsea and big brother whereas obviously now that shifted to being a mother do you see yourself kind of as ashley james mother first rather than ashley james dj presenter mum do you know what i think this is really interesting because you know i think so many new mums really battle with um their identity and who you are and you know a year and a half ago I'd been single for six years um you know my life was just so different traveling the world DJing and now I, obviously I, I'm still Ashley the DJ Ashley the presenter I'm still lucky enough to be and you know doing bits of TV throughout lockdown but I'm also Ashley the mom I don't know have you seen the um kids TV the Pixar film Inside Out Yes, love it's it. It's amazing. So how I think of it is um, you've got all these different like compartments in your brain and obviously mum has now, mum island has now formed and I'm trying to like juggle all the old islands which obviously aren't getting as much attention for various reasons but I still really want them to be me. So there is kind of this um, mental battle that I think a lot of people go through and I think mums are scared to kind of talk about that or deal with that because 19% of women don't want they worry about the pressure to be a good mum and I think you know you're scared to say but I still want to be this and I still want to be that that people will be like but you're a mum now and I think society does view you as mum once you've had children and that's something that is quite difficult to deal with. Yeah I think it's really interesting because I'm nearly turning 30 next year and for me I am not thinking anytime soon of I want to be a father and if anyone asks me and I have this conversation quite a lot especially with friends who are girls I would say it's more like 33 34 35 even that I'd say yeah I'm ready because I'd feel financially stable so it's interesting from a female perspective 
when you know that you're ready obviously you said that you haven't found love in six years and then you found it when was that moment you thought okay I found the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with but not just that I actually want to be responsible for another human being and actually become a mum now or is it more to do with your body clock that you thought well as I'm aging I don't want to have any risk because obviously from a male perspective it's very different to when you're ready compared to a female yeah I think that is interesting I mean I'd just like to add that I feel like as women we do age like fine wines so uh, we only get better but um I think I knew Tommy was I don't want to say the one but you know I knew he was like that person the moment that we reconnected and and we like dated and um, I always knew that children were important to him and actually because it had never really been on my radar and like you're saying you know you think I'll have children when I'm older or you kind of put this like you know this age goalpost in your mind which seems so far in the future and then suddenly you get to that age and either you're not ready or you still feel young and for me it was very much like yeah I'll probably have children in the future and or I'll have children by the time I'm 27 or 30 or whatever it is and then you get to that age and you're like yeah in the future and then you're like wait a minute I'm 34 I'm 33 now like when is <laughs> when is that gonna when is the future I'm running out of time so I think you know it happened um like very organically obviously it was like lockdown so your everything was stripped back and your priorities or my, at least my priorities changed um a lot so I think you know there was never any doubt the moment I met Tommy that he, I think, uh, you know, we were both older, we knew each other in our past, like, um, our morals and values are very in line. And I always knew that he'd be like a wonderful father. And also, I always know that I can trust him to help and support me. You know, I was like, really startled that one in 10 women experience mental health issues during pregnancy. And I have suffered with depression and anxiety in the past. So I was terrified at A, how I'd be in my pregnancy and B, how I would be as a new mum. You know, you hear about postnatal depression and um, I and because I hadn't necessarily felt maternal, I was like, oh my God, what if I don't love my child? What if I don't connect with him? What if I, um, but you just have to put all those kind of worries to the side. And I know that if I am having bad days, I, I can have that open communication with Tommy. And I do make a point to overshare, which is obviously why um, I'm so proud to be a part of the Maltesers campaign, because I know that so many, seven in 10 women underplay the severity of their mental illness. And I think it's really important to encourage people to talk about the hard things, because there are, you know, being a mum's wonderful, but there's obviously so many darkest or harder sides to it especially in lockdown do you feel that you're oversharing to almost compensate you sharing it in your head in the terms of when you're telling tommy it's almost becoming a story for you it's oh this happened to me whereas how do you find accepting it is that acceptance through speaking it out or do you just let it build up in your head still no, do you know what? I actually, um, I don't necessarily see it as oversharing anymore because it's my truth. And I think in the past, especially in my 20s, I spent so much time trying to be who and what I thought people wanted to be. I was almost like a social comedian, you know, I was kind of like slightly different to each friendship group I was in trying to be who they wanted me to be or who I thought they wanted me to be. And it, it was kind of exhausting. And I've also had 
health problems in the past. I suffered with a lot of um, like kidney infections. And um, I think, you know, a lot of the things that women go through having given birth um, with, you know, like pelvic floor issues and bladder issues. I went through that with my kidneys. And I think I just got tired of feeling like I had to be perfect. And once I started to overshare, so originally it was around um, my skin when I got adult acne, and then I refused to allow um, photographers to use Photoshop because I was so tired of being physically and mentally like changed to fit a mold. And the more I started to overshare and talk about things, the more I kind of like stop seeing it as a weakness and start seeing it as a strength because I feel like the more you talk about things the more you connect with other people because actually we all go through the, those emotions and you know taking it back to something as simple as the Disney Pixar film Inside Out we all have those characters in our head fear greed joy sadness and you know we go through different periods in our life where some of those characters if you want to call them that like are a bit more dominant than others and the more you kind of share those personal experiences the more you connect with other people and also the more you help other people to realize that they aren't alone because you know that there is such a a taboo and stigma around talking about mental health but especially maternal mental health because I think it's so linked to a lot of physical taboos you know no, women don't want to talk about I don't know like incontinence or how that's impacting on their sex life which is their intimacy with their partner and all of those things so I think you know the more you open up about it and I've been I've really tried to overshare if you like with all of the things that I'm going through with pregnancy because it does help other people to um, feel less embarrassed and hopefully to open conversations so that they start to talk about what's going on with them as well. And this is really interesting because you are a model, you are an Instagram influencer, as well as everything else that you do. Have you noticed a change in the way that your Instagram is being perceived? Have you lost followers since you became pregnant because you still had a lot of men following you from your modelling and reality TV days? Have you had more people follow you because you're now speaking about motherhood and, you know, breaking down those stigmas, for example, about breastfeeding and the way you look without Photoshop? Um, yeah, I think I've always uh, talked about very like female led issues. So I've always had quite a strong female audience. But I think I did struggle even when I entered a relationship, you know, for six years, I was this single positive girl. And I'd like to think I am still single positive. But obviously, I ended up in a relationship and with a baby. So naturally, a lot of those followers, I'm sure did migrate, although a lot of them I know have stuck around. And then I've definitely um, got a lot of uh, new mums which is amazing because you know I need them as much as they need me in and I mean that in terms of it's been so amazing because I don't have the new mum friends because of lockdown it's almost like I, I get to connect every day with other people going through it online so even though they're following me they're also giving me advice or sharing their stories which is really helpful but yeah I feel like a lot of the men have um, definitely disappeared but I never really not that I never wanted them. There's some amazing men that follow me. And obviously like you're one of those amazing men. Like it's not that it's not an anti-men thing, but 
um, I suppose men don't really want to hear about how big your nipples get when you're breastfeeding and <laughs> all of those things, but that's fine because I'm not performing for them. Like my, my role or not role, but my purpose I've always felt is to empower other women and to hopefully help use my platform to help people with the stuff that I've found difficult in life. How important is it for you to be one of those spokespersons, though, to use your platform for that? Do you notice a change in the way that you feel about yourself when you are empowering other women compared to if you just went a day by without actually trying to empower someone else but yourself? Do you know what? It's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, what can I say today that's empowering? It, it, that's, it's not really how I think about it. But I think because I've had so many struggles in the past which I've kind of touched on and you know I have struggled with depression I I did go through a period where I attracted completely inappropriate men like all of those things that I just feel I I, I think I'm an adventurer well I know I'm an adventurer so I'm an adventurer physically like with through travel but I'm also an adventurer with my experiences through life and I always think the things that I've found hard I really want to try and make sure that no one else goes through those things or and that kind of is what inspired me even to qualify to become an empowerment coach so hopefully I can help people in a more professional way with things like dating and I guess at the moment my adventure is probably the biggest adventure that I'll ever have in my life which is motherhood and you know um, there is that kind of really tougher emotional and physical side to motherhood so um, I feel really like blessed that I do have this platform and uh, hopefully I can encourage other mums that it's okay to talk and to be an oversharer. It's thanks to Maltesers that you're here today uh, for this campaign about opening up those conversations. As an empowerment coach, where do you sit in terms of, you've obviously got therapists, psychotherapists, then you can go for Reiki and therapy and laughing therapy. Then you've got life coaches and counsellors. Where does an empowerment coach sit in, on that spectrum? Yeah, so it is life coaching. So I think the most simple way to describe it is so therapy is like dealing with the past and very much focuses on healing from the past, which is obviously incredibly important. Whereas coaching is giving you the tools to change your mindset and your perspective and to help you look to build the future that you want um so and also to to be more positive in your mind in your mind so it, it it's giving you all of the tools that you require to recognize negative behaviors in yourself negative behaviors in other people that are maybe like bringing you down but also to give you the confidence to really like um what's the what's the quote is it shoot for to aim for the stars that's the one so um it's kind of like trying to you know we all have fears and um doubts that hold us back so it's allowing it's giving you the tools to take away those doubts and those limiting beliefs so that you can achieve what you want and you know for for every single person that's something different you know even in terms of motherhood for some that's going back to work for some that's being a full-time mum for some that's um having both for some you know it's 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 just being the allowing you to be the happiest version of yourself so i've always read since i was mid-teens Rhonda burns the secret and then the greatest secret came out last year and all matt haig's books like uh, lonely planet and the midnight library and that whole idea of manifestations and the whole idea of 
if you think about it, it will come true. But there has to be a difference between the way the mind works and the way that we physically work. Because in our mind, if it's something negative, we can keep building that up, but then surely we think we're going to attract that negativity rather than just putting out positivity. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big thing, you know, like if you're saying, you know, take it with dating, like I only attract horrible men, your mindset is you're looking for a certain thing. Whereas if you're like, I'm only going to attract good men, you're more likely to follow the red flags and be like, uh-uh. Um, so I think it's something that's very complex. But I think with manifestation, it's very much about if I want to be, let's say, an artist and I believe I can be an artist, I'm more likely to go to art galleries, start painting class and all of those things, which inevitably will help um, whereas if I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough to be an artist, or I would go to that class, but I'm not probably not going to be good enough, I would go there. But you, then obviously you're limiting the chances of you becoming that thing. I think that's probably the best way I can describe it. I agree to an extent, but I feel like we're kind of veering onto a tangent here all about imposter syndrome and how one doesn't feel good enough. And I suppose imposter syndrome can come to your emotions as well as physical activities. Uh, yeah definitely and I think imposter syndrome is something that everyone um, goes through especially mums because you know there is this huge pressure to be a good mum or this worry or guilt that you're not doing the best that you can and I think it's just really important to know that every single person has imposter syndrome. Is that on a spectrum though or is it just a, a case that everyone does have it because I've always felt like I remember I was in situations I used to go to an ex-friend's party and he would never tell me who's there and he'd always make a big thing how I never wanted to know who was there, etc. And he was like, oh, I'll just get over it, whatever. Because he didn't understand the imposter syndrome that I faced. But as you say, everyone faces it because it's all about our purpose. Some of us, like I, for example, hide behind my job a lot. You know, I'm a showbiz editor for two national radio stations. So I use that title almost to hide behind the fear. So I'm very good at speaking to celebrities, I can go up to a celebrity on the street very happily. But if I see someone that I went to school with or someone that I'm not as friendly with, I would back off straight away and hide because I don't know how I'm going to be taken. Um, yeah, I think everyone has imposter syndrome, but everyone's is different. And some people kind of choose to be like, I'm not going to let this control me anymore. But I think a really good example is Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump the most skilled person to be president of the United States of America? Probably not, but he didn't have, did he, whether he had imposter syndrome or not, he did not allow, there was nothing in his brain that was like, oh, you're an apprentice, you're, you know, you're a reality star, you'll never get to be the president of the United States. He was like, I'm going to be the president of the United States. And he, he did it, he convinced himself and therefore he convinced others. And you know, I think that's the perfect example. Like we are, we are our own kind of limitations sometimes. But of course, everyone has different uh, insecurities. A hundred percent, and that's why I started this podcast two years ago was to open up those conversations about insecurities. Because because unless you know how someone else works, you're never going to know the true them. And we all hide behind our insecurities. Yet those are the things that overshadow us all the time. Yeah, definitely. So. Is there an affirmation, Ashley, that you live by? Because I think affirmations are such a powerful tool into having a focus, into having something to believe in. Um, I think it's something along the lines of um, 
be happy because happiness today might be something completely different than what it means to me in five years and I think sometimes we think so much about success um, that often we and we're so worried about failure that actually our goals and our priorities can change but we're too scared to fail at what we were trying to do but that thing we were trying to do might not be the thing that makes us happy anymore so I think it's just yeah be happy Happiness is always something that we all seek and we all try to get to as an end goal to feel fulfilled. And I've always kind of been told that as soon as you have a child, that is when you see that fulfillment because that is when you've now got that focus and your children are your life. Have you noticed that since becoming a mum in the past two months that you are properly fulfilled now that you feel like you've got your unit and regardless of whatever happens over your career or life, you've got a loving partner and a loving child? Um, no, because I've been really happy when I haven't had children. And I also know lots of people that are like incredibly fulfilled who aren't parents. Um, I mean, I think if you have a positive mindset, you can find happiness anywhere. And I also think, you know, had I had a child 10 years ago and maybe with the wrong partner, I might not have been as happy. But also I do feel like I don't really believe in fairy tales, you know, like, it, I might be happy today with Tommy but in 20 years time I might not be does that mean I would never be happy again of course not so I mean don't get me wrong motherhood is amazing and it has like completely changed my life and my perspectives and what's important but so is a national lockdown um, and it also I think that's also sugarcoating being motherhood or parenthood so much because obviously there are definitely challenges and I'm un under no illusion that there'll be lo lots of challenges ahead as well so I don't think it's you know oh I'm a mum now now I'm happy I think that I'll definitely still have to work on it and I'll, I'll definitely still have those um those emotional lows that obviously I'm hoping to break down taboos about sharing final question for you Ashley we're talking with Maltesers about the massive overshare what is your tips to actually start speaking up? Because it's very hard for someone, especially for men, you know, men and suicide, the rates are so high still. And I know obviously we're, we're, we want to make this more mainstream, but how do we just start having these conversations? Because I had Governor B on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and he said, well, what you do is you rate each other between one and 10 on how you're feeling. So you say, I'm feeling a six today or feeling a 10 today. Then you've got yourself, for example, you said earlier on, it's just having those conversations. But how do you get to that point for those who have never shared their personal life before? Um, I think it's um, knowing that you are not alone in your emotions. Like everybody, obviously what, what people go through is very unique, but the actual emotions are there and it allows people to connect with you because like people that love you will want to help and will be devastated to think that you're suffering in silence and I think it's um like you know going to the person that you can trust and that you know will listen and that could be a parent a friend um the Samaritans it could you know it could be whoever you trust in that moment but knowing that the more you talk about it the more we normalize it that's this is the thing with mental health like you feel like you're alone but you're not because everyone everyone goes through like difficulties and it's in in opening up a conversation that will allow you to 
a get through it a b feel stronger but c maybe meet other people that are going through similar things as well and that will connect you with people um yeah that's definitely what got me through my like very darkest days a hundred percent a hundred percent and one last question for you actually obviously georgie shaw have had a new series out with their original cast members becoming parents <laughs> there's a lot of the main chelsea cast now who our parents, yourself, Millie and Hugo, Tabitha, Funda, Spencer. Is there is there going to be a chance of a Made in Chelsea parents series? And would you want to, and are you going to be part of it? I mean, I think that would be a great idea. Like the, the parenting shows always seem to do well, but um, I'm actually moving to Essex, so I probably wouldn't uh, count anymore. <laughs> well, it's all right. You can go with Fern McCann and Lucy Mech. There's a whole Tarry cast out there who's all, who are also parents. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Lucy Mech's actually been like an amazing source of support for me, especially with, um, you know, a lot of like the emotional lows around breastfeeding um, and other things in motherhood. And we're going to be living really close to each other. So I think that one would definitely be more on the cards. Um, but yeah, you never say never, as Justin Bieber said. James, I can't thank you enough for coming to speak to me, Johnny Seaford, on Scoody and School. We must go out for dinner when this is all over with our dear friends Maggie Oliver and Jess in Piazzi as well. You've been listening to Johnny Seaford on Scoody and School. If you've liked what you had, please do rate the podcast, like it and follow it. It's so important that we carry on having that conversation. It's okay to not be okay. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.